Well, lad, looks like a lot of the animals have made it back here today. So, are you ready? Yep. Okay, cue the music. And now, live! Unless you're listening to this later, and you probably are, uh, welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast's Arkstravaganza, the Ark Reunion Show. Featuring many of your favorite animals that endured the biblical voyage of a lifetime. As always, today's show is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. And once again, we want to remind you, you can download your very own copy of our audiobook, The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud, by visiting www.audible.com. And I'm Denny Brownlee, with the distinct privilege of once again introducing your hosts. First, the canine crusader, who's long on courage and short on legs. Hey, no! <laughs> and the clever kitty, who's so bright, it's actually difficult to look directly at her. Oh, monsieur, get some new material, s'il vous plaît. Please welcome Max and Liz. Well, welcome everyone to the Arkstravaganza reunion show. It's so great to see all of you again. Oh, what's it been? Five, six thousand years? <laughs> well, according to many historians and scholars... Ah, uh, here, here we, we go. go. It is believed the Great Flood, as they call it, took place roughly 1656 years after the creation. So, combine that with the numerical information that has been gathered but from... to keep this show from lasting another five or six thousand years... <laughs> okay, okay, I get excited. <laughs> we'll put aside the uh, Lizopedia for now, and... Let's get this party started, then! And who better to do that than our Flamingo Robics instructors, all the way from Jamaica, Leia and Normando! Get up on your feet now. Get up under your hoofs. Get up under your paws. Get up under your feet now. Hey, all right now. All right now. Now take it down the road. Take it down the road now. Lift them legs up high. Lift them legs up high. You, you can, can do it. it. You can do it now. Break it down. Oh, now. Pick it up now. Pick it up now. Pick it up now, pick it up now. You got this now, you about doing it now. Up and down and up and all around. Up and down and up and all around. Shake your tail feather, shake your tail feather. Oh, whatever you got back there, whatever you got back there, just shake it now, now, now. Just shake it now, now, now. Move it to the beat now, move it to the beat now. Almost done, almost done. Now take a break now. Très bien, mes amis, and uh, merci, Leia, Normando, and uh, my, my, uh, you both look as fit as a fiddle. And you do too, Liz. Oh, merci, but it doesn't look like I'll be keeping up now. <laughs> I'll have you know, I'm taking good care of myself. I'm eating well, and I'm getting plenty of sleep. 
Yeah, man. And it shows. Much obliged. Liz, love, if you need me, sure, and I'll be over by the sardine tray. <laughs> of course you will. Well, thank you, Flamingo Birdies, for uh, reminding me why I don't dance then. Uh, the Flamingos, everyone. Ah, we got a full house here today. Are you kidding? We got species coming out of our ears then. You speak for yourself, Max. And uh, when was your last uh, flea dip? Ah, oh, well, I'm uh, probably due, lass. But like I said, they're coming, coming out, out of, of our your ears. ears. We uh, are enchanting. Uh, well, looks like we have animals from all over the world, huh? So uh, let's find out uh, who is with us from uh, Canada. How are you now, eh? <laughs> well done, Canada. And how about uh, from the land down under? Hello, Australia! Good night. Now, we go from way down south to way up north. Who is here from Russia? Bonjour! Très bien! <laughs> and of course, we got to have all kinds of representation from Africa. Hello, African animals! Oh, they greeted us in Swahili. Well, some of our friends have traveled quite a distance, no? And to tell us all about it, we go to Mon Cher Al, who is, of course, at the seafood display. <laughs> I'm a sweet, and as always, you're right. Some of these critters came a long way, like me kangaroo friend Boomer here. Too right, mate. Me and the missus live down under, in Australia. And Australia be a big island, much like me Ireland. No offence, bloke, but uh, Australia's massive next to Ireland. Why, well, Australia could eat Ireland for breakfast. No, I've lived in Ireland my whole life and never knew I could be having it for breakfast. Uh, just a figure of speech, mate. Well, anyway, there we were, surrounded by water. And, well, look at this kangaroo body. Swimming ain't one of my strong suits. Aye, you've got lots of rudder, but only tiny little swimming arms. <laughs> Too right. So, whenever me and Sheila need to cross the pond, we go in style. We take Craddock Cruise Lines. Right, announcer bloke? Right you are, Boomer. Many of the animals appearing on today's Arkstravaganza reunion show are appearing courtesy of Craddock Cruise Lines. Sailing the seven seas ever since the maker spoke him into existence, Craddock Cruise Lines features non-stop service to all major continents and Ireland. Oh no, you tell me. And you'll be well fed during your stay aboard Craddock Cruise Lines, being treated to all the plankton you can eat. Oh, don't remind me. And their exclusive blowhole catapult deboarding system will provide happy landings at any destination. And if you're a flying kitty, sure you can still land on your feet. So the next time you need to embark on an ark, don't settle for less than the luxurious accommodations and five-star service you've come to expect. Craddock Cruise Lines for a whale of a voyage. Not available in shallow water. Catapult blowhole standard equipment. Other restrictions may apply. We just don't know what they are. Craddock Cruise Lines, the ocean liner that cares deeply. And now back to the Arkstravaganza. And it just so happens we have Craddock on speakerphone. Uh, say hello to everyone, lad. Uh, Righto, Max. Uh, greetings, everyone. Hi, Craddock. Uh, 
first, my apologies for not being able to attend your soiree. Eh, don't worry, lad. It's just a party. That is what he meant, Max. <laughs> well, either way, as the advertisement said, I don't thrive in shallow water. And this be on dry land, too. But, Craddock, you were such a hero in helping so many animals to follow the fire cloud. Am I right? Well, you're too kind, uh, but I was simply following orders from the maker himself, you know. Why, you'd have done the same had you been in my shoes. Liz, why is Craddock wearing shoes? And what's he putting them on? Figure of speech, Max. Uh, well, monsieur, what have you been doing lately? Well, always the adventurer, you know. I recently took up ballroom dancing. Uh, dare I ask, how did that go? Rather tragic, actually. Uh, well, we were finishing up an Argentine tango, and, well, when I dipped my partner at the end of the dance, uh, well, I shouted, Ole! Uh, followed closely by, Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What happened? Uh, it would seem that we created a, a, a small tsunami, actually. Uh, completely swamped a few tiny islands, and uh, nearly capsized a, a nearby fishing vessel, what? Right? So, needless to say, we've scratched that off the old bucket list, what? Aye, you're done with dancing. I can relate. We, <laughs> oui. My toes still hurt from our dance lesson in episode 21. <laughs> well, folks, I shall let you get back to your old party. Uh, I'm scheduled to attend a museum exhibit off the Barrier Reef, and first I must pick up my tuxedo from the cleaners in Barbados. It seems I recently had an unfortunate encounter with a squid, and, well, it's a long story. You found a tux to fit a wheel? Well, yes, I, I shop at the big and tall shop. Yes, I, I wear a 544 long. <laughs> well, anyway, pip-pip. Cheerio and all that. Well, Monsieur Craddock, uh, merci for joining us and uh, bon voyage. <laughs> Au revoir, madame. Uh, so long, everyone. Bye, And now it's time to bring out someone very special, without whom none of us would be here. Well, okay, actually I would still be here, but you wouldn't. <laughs> um, please give a warm welcome to your little maker, who did so working for the maker himself. And while he is the author and finisher of our faith, she is the author and finisher of your story. Will you please welcome Miss Jenny L. Cody. Oh my, thank you so much. It's really great to see that so many of you made it to the reunion. Well, we told them all you were coming and they couldn't stay away. Oh, well, you're sweet, although I understand the penguins didn't make it. They found out this was informal, and, well, you know, they only attend black-tie affairs. Eh, uh, uppity frozen bird sickles. Max, they did properly send their regrets. Of course they did. Anyway, Miss Ginny, we heard that you had some kind of party game in mind. We. Oui. So we did as you requested, and we formed two teams, and they are ready to do battle. Great! We'll call our game Floating Zoo Trivia. Monsieur Announcer and I... Uh, it's Denny. You say Denny? Judges? You're absolutely right! Give yourself five points! <laughs> okay, great. Uh, but I'm not on either team. Uh, so who are the teams, Jenny? Our team on the left is comprised of most of our four-legged creatures. 
and thus they are calling themselves the Four on the Floors. And to even things out, on the right, the marsupials have joined forces with the birds and reptiles. And so they are calling themselves Flappin', Snappin', and Pouch. <laughs> they sound like a law firm. <laughs> so each team will take turns answering trivia questions based on their amazing journey. The team with the most points wins. Jenny? Okay, we'll begin with four on the floor. Who said, water, water everywhere? Oh, that's easy. We all did. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, it went something like this. Water, water everywhere, and all the boards did shrink. Water, water everywhere, nor any drop to drink. <laughs> yes, Peter the polar bear? That was William, the little frog. That's absolutely right for five points. Flapping, snapping, and pouch for five points. What unlikely character was afraid of heights? Jacques, oui, that is that silly giraffe, Opendo. Oh, sure, I'm silly. That hurts to come fly my bird. That is too chicken to fly. Okay, fellas, it's just a game, and flapping, your team gets five points. But watch the attitude, Jacques. Yes, my husband, do as you are told. Oui, I always do. Back to the four on the floor. These self-centered birds think their homeland was named after them. <laughs> yes, Murray the Moose. That would be those turkeys from Turkey, eh? You know, the turkeys from Turkey, eh? Right once again for five points. Now back to flapping, snapping, and pouch. Where did we first hear this voice? Calm. 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 <laughs> yes, Krynan. Ah, me homeland of Scotland. Mm, can you be more specific, Crinan? Uh, uh Dune on the Scottish ground? Uh, that's not what we're looking for. Uh, four on the floor, you can steal. <laughs> yes, Kate. Aye, that be in the reeds where me Max like to play. The reeds, right you are, Kate. Four on the floor takes the lead and also gets the next question for ten points. Name both of the dueling alarm clocks. Jacques was one of them. Maybe it was a different bird. It could have been a, a flamingo. Was it a different eh? bird? No. Nope. Yes, they were loud, but they like to sleep. What about the peacock? Time is up. I need an answer. Uh, senora, was it Jacques and Roger the peacock? Ooh, not quite. No. Okay, flapping, snapping, and pouch. Do you have a guess? <laughs> Yes, Jacques? <laughs> that is simple. It was, of course, yours truly, the official alarm clock, and a garbage-eating imposter, Rico the Raven. Great. You get ten points for the correct answer, but you lose five points for the insults. Uh, so watch the beak-handed comments there, Jacques. <laughs> eh, pardon. Please forgive me, Rico. See. You are forgiven, senor. So, Maria, is it true? Is that why you left the Ark and didn't come back? Oh, see, si, amiga. We found delicious seaweed everywhere we went. Blech. Eh? Don't knock it until you try it. Greetings, Rico. Hola, Krynan. 
<laughs> Have you ever flapped over to the south of France? Aye, now there'll be some good pickings. See, si, it's muy bueno. Do you know where else? Come to my neighborhood. Fly down to Acapulco, man. It's bueno, like French garbage, but with a little spicy kick. <laughs> well, lad, I have to go a wee bit easier on the spices then. He's got acid reflux, you know. I cannot believe we are discussing garbage as if it is a fine cuisine. Eh, saves me from having to cook. And with that, why don't we, oh, I don't know, finish the game? So, four on the floor leads 15 to 10, and it's still your turn, flapping, snapping, and pouch. And this is a 10-point audio question. Flappin', the following sound first came out of what creature? Yes, Boomer. Ah, too right. That has to be the king of the jungle, mate. Jafaru the lion. Ooh, no. Four on the floor. You can steal with the correct answer. <laughs> Jafaru? I'm in bed as to say it was the big bed. The ostrich. The ostrich imitating a lion. That's correct. But uh, don't be too embarrassed, Jafaru. You just earned your team ten points. So, four on the floor now leads 25 to 10 with just one last question for 15 points. Jenny? What European animal is famous for this sound? Isabella! <laughs> you all say Isabella. Was it you, Isabella? Oh, see, <laughs> si, senor. It was Uh-oh. After that, no one deserves to lose. You all get 100 points. Aye, and I'll go get the air freshener. <laughs> so, while Max tries to be the hero one more time, let's do a little Jenny's Corner to introduce our next feature. Uh, Miss Jenny, explain to us what the epilogue is and why you add it to the story. Well, Liz, an epilogue is a tool that I love to use to wrap up the story with almost an added ending. Sometimes when I finish the story, there's still more to say or a big point or a lead-in or foreshadowing that's going to come in the next book. And so the epilogue is a tool to do that. And so, you know, because we had this dramatic ending and leaving the arc and all of this, but I had to wrap up this loose end. We're setting the stage for the wolves. Uh, pardon, madame. I, I would like to stop you for a moment. I'm very thirsty all of a sudden. Uh, Max, would you get me a glass of punch, s'il vous plaît? Uh, sure, Liz. Uh, merci, Max. Okay, now that Max is gone, I believe you can reveal... Uh, what is it you wanted to say about the wolves and uh, having puppies? I believe you're a kind of... Kind of showing the real life example of probably what happened that wolves were the ones that became domesticated as pets and dogs and that dogs sorry to say kind of came from the wolves but don't tell max that we oui, madame your secret is safe with me and uh, virtually everyone who is listening <laughs> okay uh, here you go lass a nice glass of punch. So, what'd I miss? So anyway, an epilogue 
sets the stage for a future book and leads the reader to question what could happen next in the series. And it's also a fun way to wrap up the ending with an additional ending with something maybe that I couldn't cover. Thanks, Jenny. So as we left our story, all the animals had been dispersed from the ark to go where they were to be fruitful and multiply. And we're still fruitful every day. We are fruitful of bananas and mangoes and guava. <laughs> That's not really what I meant, Rufus, but no, never mind. Well, anyway, as all the animals returned to their natural habitats, Noah and his family had to start over too. And so to end our story, we now bring you the beginning of a new story with the final act of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud, the epilogue. As the animals departed, God gave further instructions to Noah. Then he left the humans to begin their lives anew. Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth walked back to the ark to get the supplies they needed for the night. Earlier, when the animals were leaving the mountain, Noah had seen two snakes slithering away. Shem, you said you threw that snake over the edge of the mountain? asked Noah. Yes, father. I threw it off the steep cliff. It is long gone from here, replied Shem. <sighs> well, what do you know? There were three snakes on board, said Noah pensively. The gravity of what this meant hit him as he realized who the third snake must have been. Now Noah realized what had happened with his journal, and who would have wanted to destroy it with fire. And who would have willed to destroy all of them with fire? Noah shook his head in gratitude to the Maker, who had protected them from the presence of evil. Ham ran up ahead and looked inside the ark. He yelled back, Father, something has happened. What now? said Noah, already numb from the glory of all that had taken place this day. The ark! It's like it was before, when we built it. No more natural habitats, no desert, no arctic, no rainforest, no waterfall. Just wood, said Ham. Noah grinned as he realized the continual movement of God in every detail. God chooses to create and to take away. It is His alone to decide. Father, do you think anyone will ever believe a story of a great flood and a boat that can carry thousands of animals? Shem asked. Time will tell, son. Time will tell, Noah replied. Maybeer and Nala were with the farm animals when Shem brought the food supplies for their campsite. What were you doing with the wolves when I was leading the animals down the mountain? asked Shem. The female wolf was having a difficult time, and we helped her, replied Nala. What was wrong? asked Shem. She was in labor. The pups were turned, so she couldn't deliver without help. The wolves came to us, Shem. I helped her deliver seven precious young ones. Look, they're back here behind this rock, explained Nala excitedly. Shem walked back and saw the seven small, wriggling baby wolves, whose eyes were still closed. The mother wolf 
was licking them clean and looked up as he approached. Easy, girl, said Shem. The father wolf lay next to her, but did not stand up, indicating he wasn't threatened. Shem walked over for a closer look. Three girls and four boy pups. I think I'd like to keep one, Shem said to Nala. Why? she asked. Oh, to be a watchdog and a companion as we start our family, he replied. Nala smiled, thinking of the new hope of having children and starting a family. <laughs> Which one? That boy pup there, the one with the dark fur. He looks like the runt of the litter. I think I'll name him Max, he replied. Well, Max, that must feel pretty special, huh? I, I, I don't know what to say. And of all things, to name a wolf puppy after me. I know the maker be sending me a message that I need to be rethinking me feelings about wolves. Oh, Trabian, Max, good for you. Boy, wouldn't it be great if you could tell Shem all that face to face? Hi, Miss Jenny. Shem were me BHF, me best human friend. I sure miss the lad. Well, Max, remember last time when I said I had an idea I decided to keep secret? Aye. Well, announcer lad? Ladies and gentlemen of all species, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you... you got to be kidding me! Visiting all the way from the book of Genesis... Please welcome Shem Barnoa. Uh, shalom, everybody. And hey, Max. How's my special little buddy, huh? Are you a good boy? Well, yes, you are. Oh, me BHF. Shem, it is so grand to see you, lad. Welcome to the reunion, Shem. Wait, you guys can talk? <laughs> Let me put it this way, lad. If you can show up from the book of Genesis, we animals can talk. <laughs> well, touche. Ah, oh, Shem, parlez-vous français? Um, what? Uh, do you speak the French language? Wait, you guys even speak different languages? Well, I, we're from all different places. Like me polar bear friend here, Peter. He speaks Russian, right, Peter? Duh. See? Wow, this is amazing. So, uh, how are you, and uh, how is your family? My family? Well, after about two or three hundred generations, I'd say it's large. It's very, very large. Aye, must be tough during the holidays. Well, we draw names, but still, birthdays are the worst. Oy vey. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, listen, me Kate's over there at the punch bowl, so get you something to drink then. She'd love to see you, lad and I'll join you in a wee bit. Don't mind if I do. And uh, let's you and me catch up after the party. Uh, we'll play fetch the ball. Oh, great. And we got frisbees now, too. Oh, yeah? Sweet. Shem, the son of Noah, everyone. Aye, <laughs> that were special indeed. <laughs> this be a grand party, Liz. Well, I think we all needed a good time. Especially having gone through such a challenging ordeal. Aye, and lest we forget, Shem and all the human lads and lasses went through it too. <laughs> in fact, 
They had it far more difficult than we animals. A long time ago, lest it all be forgotten, the world were bad and all the people were rotten. All except Noah and his sons and all their wives. So the maker had them build a boat to save their lives. Then he got us following a fire cloud. Every animal species but only two allowed to we were living in the bottom of a big boat too. And it was hard, wasn't it? I, I was feeling bad, like I was stuck in jail. Plus enough to make a laddie want to chase his tail. Now being there was right in me wee little stall, but there were no end in sight, and the rain just kept falling. I, the ark was safe, but if I had to choose, I'd rather go to me Scotland on a Craddock cruise instead of living in the bottom of a big boat blue. Let me tell you about it. Just a whole bunch of animals with nothing to do. But walk around all day to say, and how do you do? We, we, we were getting antsy and a little bit bored. Waiting for the wind to stop and praying to the Lord that he would give my kitty brain a notion or two. A little something, something everybody could do to chase those living in the bottom of a big boat blues. Monsieur? Well, they were in a big boat bouncing waved away. If it was keeping them dry, their very lives it saved. But now they needed fun, they needed something more until the water dried up so they could go ashore. But how much longer would they pay their dues? How long before they'd get the happy news to end the living in the bottom of a big boat blues? Oh, plan, boys! The land is what we all were needing But one fine day we saw the waters receding Came out of the ark to some good dry land Put our paws on the ground began to understand With the all-wise maker we can never lose No more perplexity, no longer confused And no more living in the bottom of a big board blues With the all-wise maker we can never lose no more perplexity, no longer confused, and no more living in the bottom of a big boat blues. Well, as you remember in our last episode, we were treated to so many amazing miracles. And one of my favorites, we're bringing back to life me mentor. Aye, he will make guardian as a wee puppy. And my old-time hero, after the maker himself, that is. And he's here with us today to help bring a special announcement. Please welcome the wise old goat, Gilliman. Gilliman! Wise old goat? Now, who are you calling old? Well, you're older than I. (laughs) Quite. But now that some of us animals have been given immortality, that no longer applies. Good point. Anyway, as I mentioned, we have a special announcement. The Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, Season 2, begins with our next episode. We're really excited about this. We'll be bringing you the second of the Epic Order audiobooks, which is The Voice, the Revolution, and the Key. So today, along with a new audiobook drama, we'd like to introduce a couple of new characters, as well as our old, I mean, uh, immortal and very wise mountain goat, Gilliman. Greetings to you all, and thank you both. 
It was so humbling that the Maker brought me back and gave me such an important responsibility to guide and mentor not only Max, but Liz, Al, Kate, and a couple newer members of the Epic Order. One is a sweet lamb named Clary, who, like myself, will play a variety of characters in our stories. And the other newer member of the Epic Order is currently uh, residing in my coat pocket. <laughs> you got Mosi in there, then? You brought Nigel! Yes. Allow me to present Nigel P. Monaco, Rodent Extraordinaire. Greetings to you all. I say, what an honor this is to be in the presence of the animal kingdom from which all subsequent generations spring. Oh, bonjour, Nigel. So glad you could be here. Indeed, it is marvelous to see you too, my pet. But I must say, beyond the merriment of this reunion, I'm also here on a specific mission to introduce to you Season 2 in which I shall play a rather prominent role. That's right. Nigel will be joining me, Max, Liz, Announcer Lad. Or Denny. Uh-huh. As each episode will bring a chapter or two from our latest audiobook, The Voice of the Revolution in the Key. And I shall be adding historical facts about the American Revolution that will take you beyond our story. Why, it shall be a treasure trove of facts and fun. Now, this time, our story will center around one of America's founding fathers. Aye, starting when he was just a wee lad, all the way up to becoming one of the greatest speakers we've ever known. His name was Patrick Henry, and he became the voice of the revolution. And, if we may, we'd like to close out our reunion party by bringing you a sampling of what you can expect in our future episodes. Well, I'll be a Scottish uncle. They're dumping the tea into the harbor, and there'd be no British soldiers around to stop them. Max couldn't see Clary anywhere, so he just sat there, watching the harbor fill with tea. If the colonies wanted a revolution, they sure have brewed up one now. Benjamin frowned. Perhaps this won't work after all. He gazed up at the storm clouds, and thought back to God's riddling questions for Job. God in heaven, if it pleases you and in your goodness to mankind, please make lightning appear and cause it to strike my kite as you direct. Suddenly the kite lurched against Benjamin's hand. He looked down and saw that some of the individual strands of twine holding the soaring kite stood on end. He then moved his free hand close to the key and felt a mild shock against his knuckle. He quickly pulled back his hand and shook it. It's working! It's working, Nigel cheered. He ran to the edge of the roof and peered over the side as the rain now began to drench the twine. He could see sparks starting to stream from the key to Franklin's hand. I knew it! I knew lightning had to be electricity! Benjamin exclaimed excitedly. He looked up at the heavens. Thank you! for helping me to solve your riddle. I assume you know the procedure for securing a law license in the colony of Virginia. Only two signatures are required for this license to be valid. I understand, sir, Patrick replied. Tell me, where have you studied in preparation for this examination? Did you attend law school in London? With asked. I did not go to law school. 
Might you have attended college up north at Harvard, perhaps? No, sir, no college, Patrick answered. Uh, where have you apprenticed, then? Uh, nowhere, formally, but I've spent a great deal of time conversing with attorneys who practice at Hanover Courthouse. So you have no formal schooling, and you haven't apprenticed with a law practice? Is this some kind of April Fool's joke? Nigel planted his face in his palm and shook his head. Seeing one of the same soldiers they had fought with days ago, Crispus Attucks stepped up and grabbed his bayonet, jerking it back and forth. Have you come back to finish what you started, Lobsterbeck? Suddenly, Max looked up to see the same dirty man from the street where Christopher had been shot. The man was pushing his way to the front of the crowd. He lifted his arm and threw a club that struck Private Montgomery in the head, knocking him to the snowy street, all the while screaming, Fire! Fire, you bloody backs! You lobsters! I dare you to fire! Montgomery dropped his musket and scrambled in the snow to quickly retrieve it. Max ran over to Captain Preston and Richard Palms as chaotic shouting broke out all around them. Fire! You dare not fire! Other angry voices echoed from the crowd. Kill them! Montgomery got to his feet, cocked his weapon, which was loaded with two musket balls, and angrily shouted, Fire! He fired into the crowd, although no command had been given. Both musket balls hit Crispus Attucks in the chest. Patrick's voice began to rise in its urgency, causing the assembly to hang on every word. The distinctions between Virginians, Pennsylvanians, New Yorkers, and New Englanders are no more. He paused and raised a fist of unity and victory in the air and exclaimed loudly and proudly, I am not a Virginian, but an American. He then hunched his shoulders forward and allowed his gaze to drift to the floor. He willed the assembly to envision him as the embodiment of the humiliated, oppressed colony of Virginia under the iron heel of the British monarch. I know not what course others may take, he groaned through clenched teeth, slowly raising his gaze. But as for me, Give me liberty, or give me death. Well, there you have it. Just a tiny taste of the many weeks ahead here on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, as we begin Season 2. And a reminder, if you'd like to get ahead with your own copy of our audiobook, The Voice, The Revolution, and The Key, or if you still haven't gotten your own audiobook copy of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud, just log on to audible.com where you can purchase either one of them or both of them. And they make great gifts too, wink wink. And for all of Jenny's books in paperback, the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven, where do they go, Jenny? Come check out my website, epicorderoftheseven.com. And there you can also join my mailing list and I send out periodic epic e-news. So send me some comments about anything, whatever you feel. I'd love to hear from you. And remember, you can always send me an audio comment or question. I'd love to hear from you. Well, that about wraps up Season 1. 
A big thank you to me co-host Liz. Oh, and merci to you too, Max. <laughs> and to me old friend Shem, and all the critters who made it here today. Uh, thanks, everybody. <laughs> and especially to you for listening, for subscribing, and for downloading these episodes and helping make season one such a huge success. From the bottom of our hearts, and from the bottom of a big boat, thank, thank you. you. And it's only fitting to close our program today with the wise words of Gilliman himself. Gilliman? Always remember, you are loved and you are able. So long! Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. <laughs>